Welcome, everybody, to a, another great edition of Talking Tigs. I am Scott Gerard. Joining me tonight for our post-Super Bowl pod is Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Got a good Super Bowl to recap. Started out a little bit s- slow, but uh, eventually got exciting towards the end there as the, the Chiefs ultimately won, uh, much to someone's chagrin or not. I don't know. I think people were rooting for them as much as they were rooting against them. Uh, but, I mean, they, they were the better team, it seems. Uh, we're going to talk about that, of course, and all the, uh, the side bets that, that Tommy and Daniel probably took part in, um, <laughs> as well as, you know, other stuff like the, the halftime show before the show. I don't know. Vegas seemed like a good host city. But uh, we also have some LSU basketball news to get into. Uh, most of it wasn't good, but at least the Lady Tigers finished the week off with a win. Uh, but before we get into all that, Definitely want to check in with you guys, see if y'all did anything special for the big game. I didn't, uh, you know, I just kind of watched it at home. I did grill out, had some good food to watch during the game, and that was about it. What about y'all? Man, uh, good to be with you, good to be talking LSU, I mean, talking LSU, talking Super Bowl. Uh, Yeah, didn't really have too much going on. Didn't go to a party or anything. Just kind of hung out at my house, watched the game. Actually really enjoyed it, especially, I mean, gosh, that second half was great. Um, So, uh, yeah, good, you know, a nice nice way to end the season. That wasn't necessarily, I was rooting for the 49ers, but um, I enjoyed enjoyed watching the game. Yeah, definitely a fun Super Bowl that escalated and escalated as the game went on. Uh, I went to a friend's house to watch it. Unfortunately, it was three hours away, so I had to leave after the halftime show to drive back home for work this morning. So I listened to the second half plus overtime on the radio, and it was getting so crazy at the end, like with the Chiefs, like game-winning touchdown drive, and the the commentator trying to call it up with the clock like running off and and everything. It was hard to tell what was going on. It was like touchdown, Chiefs win the Super Bowl. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but it's still exciting and a good way to wrap up a, a big football season. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So now it's official. There is no more football. I don't know. I guess there's the, uh, the other leagues, yeah. right? But meh, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it started out slow. It kind of looked like the 49ers were going to win this one on defense and just, you know, mm-hmm. Brock Purdy being a really good, game manager and you know then uh, the chiefs got on the board it was a tale of two halves really uh because in the second half it seemed like kansas city's defense did just enough to keep him in the game i mean if if san francisco had i don't know their own version of mahomes or something they probably could have blown that thing wide open Chiefs still could have came back because you know their, their defense stiffened up but uh, it was there for the take, and I thought we were really going to see Mr. Irrelevant win the gosh darn Super Bowl, but that did not happen. Um, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs were the Chiefs. They did what they do. Uh, they just went down the field, either through Mahomes' arm, uh, Pacheco's legs. legs. Yeah, or, or, or Mahomes' legs, too, exactly. He, had, he didn't, I mean, he wasn't, he, he wasn't like Jaden Daniels out there where it was, you know, he was running most of the time. He just had, a couple, well, he had a few really good runs when they needed it. Uh, yeah. One really Especially good Especially that last work. drive. Exactly. Um, there was, I think, one or two really good design runs for him. But otherwise, 
I mean, and then the, you know, they, they won it on the last play of the game in overtime. So I'm sure the NFL was happy with the outcome. They definitely got the outcome they wanted. I mean, a good game. Others would say, oh, man, they, they wanted the Chiefs to win the whole way. <laughs> but uh, we don't have to get into all that. I don't know. I'm just curious what you guys thought about it. I mean, again, I was kind of pulling for the Niners, I, I would admit. Uh, and it looked like they were going to pull it off. But uh, no, the, the, the better team ended up winning. Yeah, I, ca- I kind of agree with you. I was pulling for the Niners as well. Um, those, I mean, Holmes is just tough to beat. He he really I, I watching him last night I was like man okay he really is as good as as good as build, um, but uh, I don't know if I put it on I don't know if I put it on Purdy I think Purdy played fine, um yeah. I think it it was just a back and forth game to me it's a, you know and and they just have you know Chiefs had the ball, um that you know that gosh what, what was the. Uh, that play from that play from Kelsey right at the end where he just like ran through like four people. I mean, I felt like that was also like a, a, a decision or a, a game changer for, for that. Uh, Cause it put him in the position to be able to go, go and, you know, and, and not have to just kick. Um, Cause of course, you know, if they kick they're they were back into double or it's not double overtime, but um, they're kicking off again. They're kicking off to 49ers to do it all over again. So um Overall, I thought it, I thought it was actually probably one of the better Super Bowls in the past couple of years, um, and uh, I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know necessarily who I would put it on as far in the for the Forty ers I just think they, I think two good teams, and they just happen to get get the the bad end of the deal. So McCaffrey had a good game. Kittle had a good game. Uh, Purdy looked fine. Didn't he? I mean, he wasn't. He didn't play out of his mind, but. Um, he didn't have any, he didn't have terrible, a terrible interception or, you know, a fumble or something like that. Um, the fumble from McCaffrey at the beginning of the game looked, that looked like it could have been bad, but, um, really didn't amount to anything. No. Mm-hmm. But. I think that was maybe one of the weirdest football games I've ever seen. And I was saying that while it was happened, uh, just because like we had what five fumbles, two lost, we had, uh, one of those fumbles being a muff punt by the 49ers that led to an immediate seven points by the Chiefs. And that was really kind of the swinging point that changed the game yeah. uh, in the second half. There was a touchdown thrown by a wide receiver uh, with Jawan Jennings putting, getting the first touchdown. Like who, who would have seen that coming to Christian McCaffrey? The muff punt also um, that, I mean, that was, it wasn't just a muff punt though. It like knocked off of the the reason it was muffed was because it knocked right. off of the the forty ers player mm-hmm. and then he jumped the guy jumped on it try you know because it was a live ball it was already live at that point yeah I know like crazy crazy play and you're right Daniel that was like the the the, the swinging point and that's just an un, like for the forty ers like that's not a that's not a muffed punt like a you know like a Malik Neighbors muffed punt or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's like a that's just an unlucky unlucky play for them. Mm-hmm. And um, then on top of that, the 49ers had the blocked extra point that would have put them up by one that ultimately led to them going to overtime. So they scored that one point and that changes the game. And then obviously overtime, which had only happened once before in the legendary 28 to 3 Brady comeback over the Falcons. Uh, and then the testing of the new overtime rules where both teams have to get a crack at it. And I don't know if y'all saw that some of the 49ers players admitted to not even knowing the rules after the game. Like they didn't know that both teams got a chance. 
uh, with the new rules. So that's why they tried to get the ball first, because they thought if they scored a touchdown, the game was over. But that wasn't the case. And then so they ended up giving Mahomes the last crack at it or what could have been. And then when you saw Patrick Mahomes get the ball with the chance to win it at the end of the game, you kind of just knew that the magic was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and then Roger Goodell was rubbing his hands together. Taylor Swift, she's like, it's it's all all in the bag. It's all lining up. <laughs> uh huh. And I was so sure Travis Kelsey was going to score the touchdown at the end to like to win it and then uh, have the big walk off and ultimately that, not, but close enough, just about. <laughs> that would have been perfect for me because Scott, you mentioned having little side bets. I only took two bets on the Super Bowl. I had uh, I I actually took. Chiefs to win because I was like, if you're getting if you're getting plus money on the Chiefs, like it's hard not to just take the take the free money. So I did, and I guess they I mean they won, so good good for that. But the other the only other bet I took was I did a parlay of Christian McCaffrey to score a touchdown and Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown. So having him do the have the walk off touchdown would have been absolutely perfect for me. Sure, um, but I, I went one and one on the day. And, and supposedly uh, Vegas as a whole took a pretty big bath on this. Cause I think a lot of the public was on the chiefs with the points. Oh, really? they, yeah, yeah. They thought that Mahomes was going to do it. And then I think a lot of people were on the same plays as you McCaffrey and, and Kelsey with the touchdowns uh, and one of those cashed. And then I think another one of the big public bets is people like they say, Vegas always wants no safeties and no overtime. Cause uh, people bet on like, there will be a safety, whatever, 10 to one, or it'll go to overtime at 10 to one. And obviously it almost never happens considering there's only been one overtime, but uh, we got it last night and that added all the intrigue and, and fun for the fans. Yeah. Speaking of not knowing the rules either, it was actually a Nicole Hardman. He didn't know either. Like he thought he just scored a touchdown to put them up. And then Mahomes, like said later on the broadcast, like, can I tell you a funny story? This guy didn't know we had won. I had to tell him, no, dude, we just won the Super Bowl. It's <laughs> oh, actually kind of, that is funny. <laughs> right? Uh, but it just goes to show you, uh, they could probably work a little bit better to make sure their players know the rules in the biggest game of their lives. Unless you're the Chiefs, you know, it's your third biggest, but still. It's like, <laughs> how do they, how do they not know this? I don't know, you know, but, but I think that the NFL, NFL overtime has been terrible, has always been terrible. Like, I don't, why don't they just suck it up and do, and swallow their pride to do the college rules? Because I just think it's better. Like you start on the 25, everyone knows what you're doing. Like it's, you know, it's four downs, untimed, like all that. I feel like that's just perfect. Like, I don't like the, I don't like having kickoffs in overtime. I don't like having, I I mean, I like what they're, what they did last night better than what they used to do. But like the old, like, wasn't it like 10 minutes and you just, and you kick off and whoever scores anything first wins mm-hmm. it used to be the field goal yeah. wins it and so the team would just immediately try and get the ball go 20 yards kick a field goal and that was a wrap and now they have to get a touchdown to end it but still yeah it can be over before you even know it in college there's that extra little bit of bit of spice to it and i like the uh because normally i would say yeah i would just rather see them kick him as usual but i i you mentioned you know start at the 25 that would save us a lot of these like you know, what if it's like a 13 play drive that results in a field goal and then another 13 play drive that results in a tying field goal? That's a lot of time. Let's just uh-huh. cut it to four. Cause if we're going to kick a field goal, it's going to happen in three plays and then it's done. Then we can get to the next guy's turn. I like that idea better. Oh, I doubt oh. they'll ever do it though. On the TV oh. broadcast, did they say what would have happened if the chiefs had kicked a field goal and then the time would have ran out? Did they just play another the whole thing again? They would go to they, yeah. Well, 
from what I from what I heard, um, it wasn't even like another. It wouldn't have been like another overtime. Like, um, it, it would have been another quarter basically. So what they were saying, and again, like I wasn't sure about this either. What they were, what what uh, Jim Nance and Tony Romo said was that because you remember at the very end where it looked like Mahomes was going to like run out the clock. Yeah, the time was, was almost of, out. They had like five seconds left at the very end. I know, and at one point it looked like he like they weren't going to take. At first, they didn't take a timeout. Like the Chiefs ended up taking a timeout, but at first they didn't. And Maho- and uh, and Jim Nance was like, "Oh, I guess they're like." he was like, I guess they're just going to run out the clock and go to the next one. Because I, I think they would have just like, it would have been as if like a, like you've gone from first quarter to second quarter, they would have just flipped sides and, and started yeah, over. It's weird though. I know it is weird. I don't understand that. Cause it, it was unclear when I was listening on the radio and the, the way the commentators were sounding, they were like very distressed about it. They made it sound like the game was going to be over if the chiefs ran out of time. I think that's like the old rule because I, okay. I remember the old rule. Wasn't it just one overtime period? Yeah, it's just like you just play like mm-hmm. whoever wins wins. I think with this one, it must you must get like two. It must be basically like another half of football or something. I don't know. It's weird. Never ending. Right. But like oh, well. but like Tony Romo and Jim Nance seem to be like, oh, yeah, they're just going to run the clock out. And, you know, they'll, then they'll do the play. And then another thing about the weirdness of the game, we had the two longest field goals in Super Bowl history, one by each team, like a 55 and a 57 yarder. That's pretty wild. Yeah, that's uh, one cool. of them by a rookie kicker. Jake Moody has a lot of pressure. I don't know how he can have a blocked extra point and a 55 yard field goal in the same game, but right. We also had a streaker, although we would never know it. Uh, I think anyone that wants to run on the field now, it's just like, why they're not going to, sh- you're not going to see it. I know you, you don't know? get the glory anymore. <laughs> no, you don't. I mean, maybe from social media, people watching on their phones. I didn't but. even see any clips of that. I will. I, exactly. I'm gonna have to go look to see if they had clips of the streaker on social media. I'm surprised. Right. Well, I didn't even about, know if it was a streaker. I just knew someone went on the field. Who knows if they? Well, they did say it was a streaker on a broadcast. They're like, "Oh, it's a streaker." Oh, wait, we can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> wait, did you? Okay, wait. Well, the other thing that that's all over social media that I can't get away from. What about um, Travis Kelsey assaulting Andy Reid? What do we think about that? So I, it was kind of scary. It was kind of scary. What did he, because I didn't see that when it happened. Everything I saw after that was just like a still frame. He was right in his face. Did he like push him? Yeah, yeah. He like ran into him. Really? Yeah, it was wow. like, it was kind of crazy. Like, Yeah, it looked like Reed was kind of just looking at his playbook and Kelsey kind of comes out of nowhere and like almost like grabs his shoulder and kind of like screams at him. Yeah, like bonks him a little bit and then gets up in his face and Reed is like startled uh, and then kind of, jabs back and then it was kind of over but it's like Ugh. um and people are saying like if this was any other player in the league he would be gone right there antonio brown tweeted he was like i'd be i'd be kicked out of the league for that which he's probably right probably i don't He'd know be fine for sure i, I, I uh, don't, yeah, I don't do really anything. understand what kelsey was doing there um he had he had one catch the entire first half maybe that had something to do with it maybe he felt like he needed to be fed the ball more but i don't know he had a, he had a other than now that one, I mean, he kind of did, he set up the, he set up the game winning play, but other than that, he had pretty quiet, quiet Super Bowls. So, yeah, he was definitely more, pre- uh, his presence was felt more in the second half because his yeah first half wasn't anything, Mm-mm. but no matter what, it doesn't matter. That just, that looks like entitled behavior where you're just going up to your coach, give me the ball or I don't even know if that's what it was. Maybe it's like, he was just yeah. talking about one play, you know, who knows? 
anyway, I, I doubt if you, you know, if you ask Andy Reid about it now, he'd probably say, I don't know, I kind of like that in a player. Yeah, he was mad, but, you know, I understood why, and it's, you know, we're, we're cool now. No big deal. Yeah, I guess I mean, Andy Reid talks, but whatever. <laughs> well, they say winning, winning solves everything, you know, winning fixes everything. So <laughs> they yeah. won. So it's like, whatever, Travis. But uh, I would say this is definitely, you know, Mahomes' team, and he is why they are there because he's the guy that's making the plays. But I mean, Andy Reid's been to the Super Bowl before. Um, I, I think this is as much on Andy Reid as it would be on the homes. Cause yeah, the guy's just a good, uh, a good, good play caller. I mean, he's never, I mean, he's, he's lost more games this year than he did the previous time, but didn't matter. They found a way. I mean, it, it's very, it is very impressive. I think they said that um, Andy Reid is now like tied with, with like, or t- I don't know who the other coaches, but like tied as one of the, t- one of the most like Super Bowl appearances for a coach. I think this is his fifth. So three with three with the um with the Chiefs and then two with the Eagles. I think that's right. And uh so I think yeah, yeah. Wait, did the Chiefs play in a Super Bowl and then lose one though? Because they've won three. In yeah, Mahomes five lost years. to uh, Mahomes lost to um the Yeah, but uh, but I know he, he, he I thought he only yeah. lived once with the Eagles. Oh, did he go? Oh, I thought he went twice with the Eagles, but maybe not. I, I could be wrong, but I just I remember. Didn't he, he, didn't he go and didn't he win one with the Eagles? No. Oh, he didn't. Okay, then he's probably only been once. Then I thought I thought he won one with the Eagles and lost one with the Eagles, and I remember the loss. Right. Because it was Donovan McNabb and T.O. Right. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> exactly. Anything else? Halftime show or commercials? Or I thought Usher extras? was actually very good. I really liked Usher. Yeah, it was good. Um. It was a weird looking piano, uh, but that was. What about when he came out on skates? That was, the best, yeah. that was the best part. He was just rolling around. I know, I know. The funny thing is, it's like supposedly he wasn't even paid for that whole halftime thing. I mean, he's Wait, got what? a residency in Vegas. Yeah, he wasn't even paid. Uh, I mean, do they a, normally not get paid? Oh no, I think I know they do, but it's just. I mean, he has a residency in Vegas. Uh, so I, I don't know if it was like the same partner. Well, actually, um, they, 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 the artists don't get a appearance fee, but they do get like a union wage, like, but it's per day, which is pretty much nothing to them. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, maybe it's like a thousand dollars, which, you know, he could drop that at lunch or dinner if he wanted to. I mean, but, you, can't, you can't even get the building for a thousand dollars at the exactly, Super Bowl, right? <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, it's like there's no huge absorbent fees, so you wonder why do some people do it? Well, I mean, it's kind of like uh, you know, it's the Super Bowl of performances. Like you're seen by billions. Plus, it's you know, it's a feather in the cap, I guess. Yeah, all the Although it does, do Okay, it. that that makes sense. I that makes sense as to why you don't see like. Like it's always like older established musicians who play it. You know what I mean? It's it, people like he doesn't like Usher doesn't need the money. Right. So he's not having oh, to take time true. off yeah. from from you know making money to go do the Super Bowl. Like he's fine. Yeah. So Well, um, and I think they sense. also well, they also they you're right, they do tend to skew to 
older artist, but I think they're also just trying to cover several decades or several generations. Yeah. Yeah. Because Usher's been around since the 90s, so. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Anywho. I miss, when, I miss when it was the Pepsi halftime performance, and then there would always be, like, the bets on whether the artist would take a sip of Pepsi, like, during the halftime, <laughs> and they never I, I, I've been known to bet a few of those. Um, now it's Apple. They need to, like, have him use his iPhone. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, what else? Because there, was, uh, there wasn't really, you know, anything before the game that really was... I don't know. And nothing really happened before the game. There's been no big news afterwards. Obviously, there's going to be a parade in Kansas City somewhere at some point within the next week. But I don't know. Um, I guess congrats to former LSU Tigers, Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Neil Farrell on their Super Bowls. Clyde right. with one carry. Uh, Neil Farrell actually got a tackle, surprisingly. He was in there. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Although this might be Clyde's last game as a chief, which is kind of sad. Um, Wait, really? Yeah, they they supposedly declined his fifth year option for next year. So either he has to walk as a free agent, or he'd have to take the league minimum to stay on, which he probably won't. So I think that's maybe why he was getting so emotional after the game. Yeah, because he's maybe he, like, should, maybe he should take the league option. I mean, the league minimum just to just one more ride with Mahomes and try to get another ring. Does he try and get the gang back together and slide over to Cincinnati and just Ooh. be like a third <laughs> down back there? Oh, then now that'd be awesome. Can you imagine? I, would I, be bet awesome. jo- I bet Joe would be like, yeah, bring him over. I want Clyde. Him and him and him and Clyde, like, they really gel. It, it would be different too than what they have, because Joe Mixon is a you know more of a power runner. Clyde, I, I wouldn't really say he's the same. It, it would definitely be different. But it think, depends. No, wait, isn't Mixon isn't Mixon like is his contract up this year, I think, or he might not be, they might not be keeping know. him. I saw something where it was like the, 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 um, Bengals are going to, it's either, it's either like this year, like this off season or after this coming season, like they're going to have to really like restructure and Nixon's probably going to be gone because they're going to want to keep Jamar. They're going to obviously keep Joe. They've already signed Joe big time. Sure. Well, I don't know. Trey Bradford could be available too. If he, Interest to draft. He could be there with them too. Trey, Trey Bradford. Brad, yeah, Trey Bradford. Um, he could play for the Bengals and then also play for the 49ers and then also yeah. play for the, the Eagles. Just depends on which time of the year. Yeah, exactly. Um no, yeah, it will be interesting to see how things shake out. Uh I don't know. I mean, yeah, the NFL offseason's crazy. I mean, you got the Pro days coming up for all the colleges. You got the NFL draft coming up. You know, they there's it's very it's it's quiet. It's seldom quiet because there's always off season stuff going on too. Now, I'd say college is a little bit different because there's the whole recruiting aspect, which is more lively for us. NFL is pretty quiet. You know, there's no off season. You know, there's no scouting. There's no. Well, I mean, there's scouting, but there's not like. You know, national signing day, stuff like that. Right. If there's draft day and stuff leading up to that, but yeah, everything after that, just wait till the games begin. Now, I don't know. I'd say it looked like a very good game. I know Vegas was packed to the rim. Like it was, it took an hour to go like a mile on the strip before the game. Yeah. Which I, 
you know, I mean, who, why are you even on the strip in the first place? <laughs> but uh, seems like a good host city. Looked like a nice stadium. I didn't realize where it was until this weekend because I've never, I haven't, I don't think I've, I don't know, I have been to Vegas uh, since it's been there. I just didn't realize where on the strip it was, but it's, it's kind of like, well, it's not on the strip. It's on the other side of the freeway from the strip, like at the very bottom end. The bottom of the strip, so to speak. It's across the freeway from that. I don't know. That's where LSU is going to be. Yeah. Uh, this is a good September. preview. Yeah. Good preview for her, for what the LSU USC game is going to be like. And I think, uh, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of LSU people will be going. I've already been t- I've talked to a bunch of people who are going. Dana, are you still thinking about going? Uh, possibly. Haven't decided. Um, maybe trying to swing some season uh, season ticket like ticket holder opportunities. I don't think that comes out until April, though. Um, okay. For like yeah. the opportunity to buy through the season ticket, so I'm kind of scheming, but hopefully I'll I'll be there. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I might I might have to join you on that one. Yeah, it's interesting because LSU is going to play USC and UCLA. Like we got UCLA too. Yep. But they're going to have a different coach, which is yeah. crazy. Is and crazy. What's, what's crazy to me is that their head coach is like taking for he's he's leaving for a demotion, basically. But there's obviously got to be some reason behind it. For those of you that haven't heard, Chip Kelly, the well, who was the head coach at UCLA is leaving to become the offensive coordinator at Ohio state. And I guess I, you know what? The only thing I can think of is, well, they just need me. And if we, if they do that, then we will be, you know, we can play for a title because yeah. he's, I mean, he was able to do that in college. He didn't win, but he was, I mean, his, he took his own team to the title. He just knows I'm, I'm obviously not going to take UCLA that far, so might as well join some other band, right? I mean, I can't imagine what else would be the draw. Like, why would you demote yourself if you still had a job as a head coach? Yeah, yeah, I don't get that either, especially with with UCLA moving into the big, the big, uh, what, big, big ten, big ten, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I don't get that as much either. I thought I was surprised. Um, feels like. Uh, I mean, this is like a this is a pretty like last ditch effort from Ryan Day because wasn't like, Ryan Day? I think was the coordinator. He's the play caller for so. Um, does it kind of does this kind of feel like a like a little Jimbo action where Jimbo couldn't get it done as the play caller and he brings in Bobby Petrino? I don't know. Um, didn't work for Jimbo. It didn't work for Jimbo. Could it work? <laughs> is it going to work for Ryan Day? I think I it could. I think, think it could though. I mean, it's possible, yeah. Well, no, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, Ke- I think Kelly's more more of a relevant relevant play caller in today's game than uh, <laughs> than Bobby Petrino. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I think it is weird that he did take a demotion. But then again, like, I mean, it's a it's a big program. I mean, it's a, it's a top tier program in a college football landscape that has a has you know the largest void we've seen in twenty years as far as with Alabama go. You know, pretty much. Um, moving down to to the you know human level, not mm-hmm. being immortal that we we're used to them being at. So maybe he feels like, hey, I can get in, I can get in with Ohio State, and we can build a a, a dynasty. Yeah, I, I don't know though. Alabama has some kind of weird coaching news too, because the guy who oh, yeah. was supposed to be their offensive coordinator, Ryan Grubb, who was coming from Washington with Kalen DeBoer, he had signed on to be the OC at Alabama, and then he 
left for the Seattle Seahawks after they gave him a job. So now the, the Crimson Tide are coordinator lists, I think, for the time being. Uh, so not a, not a great start to the DeBoer era. <laughs> Didn't we? No. We had something happen like that. You well, it was kind of like kind of like Joe Brady when he was supposed to be coming back and then he left for the Panthers like to be the, the OC there after we won the national championship. Was that was that it where we did we re-sign Joe Brady? Yeah, and then like one day later he was like okay, left for the I think that's what I'm, I think that's what yeah. Okay, that's yes. I think you're yes. That's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, and then we we've, we've wanted him back ever since, but he's like I'm in the pros now. Sorry. Have that's we wanted him stayed. back? Huh? I mean, yeah, we want remember because we uh we had to rebuild after O got canned. Or we we had to find a new offensive coordinator because Brady left, and then we had two five hundred seasons. And yeah, well, I kept mean, wanting to bring him back and I mean we did we did get the his exact recommendations of Jake Peets and DJ Mangus, and that didn't really work out. <laughs> right. And then promptly Thanks. after that he was fired from uh Carolina. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. I wonder if he's still the if he's still the wizard that, that people always kind of felt like he was. Right. Or was it these three generational talents that were all in the same all team the same at the field. same time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh in addition to Clyde, as you know, the aforementioned Clyde Edwards Hillier and Clyde in know. the best offensive line in the country. Right, exactly. Um, but anyway, I don't know. I think that's all the, the football that we, we had for now. Obviously we'll have some more with, uh, LSU's pro day and, uh, the NFL draft come around, but we will change gears to, to basketball. I don't know that we got to spend too much time on it. I mean, the men lost both their games, uh, this week. We knew it was going to be a hard week. They had to play at Tennessee and then they had Alabama at home. Now, uh, the loss to Tennessee was horrible. Uh, I guess probably not surprising to too many people. Um, although I would say that they were down by a good bit. The one thing I will give them, uh, they were down by a bit and then they started to get close towards the end of the game. Unless I'm confusing it with the Alabama game because they, Tennessee ended up winning by 20, but, mm-hmm. Like we got it to within ten, within with like three minutes left. We were losing by twenty. We got it down to ten, and then, of course, Tennessee pulled away. The Alabama game, uh, again, it was it was another double digit loss, although not as bad. I mean, we lost by only seventeen as opposed to however many we lost on the road last time. I guess it's a slight improvement, but obviously LSU is just really outmatched when it comes to uh you know upper level upper level teams so mm-hmm. i don't know what yeah, to say about that uh, i watched both games and like you said we had chances in both especially uh with against alabama when we were took the lead with like 10 minutes left to go and people were starting to get hyped uh the pmac and then it all kind of fell apart whenever the offense went cold and Alabama just kept making three after three, which has been their offensive game plan for the past like five years up basically. But we uh, have some, some players who are decent like uh, Jalen Wright and, and or Jordan Wright, excuse me, and Jalen cook, but uh, the, the depth isn't quite there and we don't quite have the athleticism needed to match across the sec, a conference that keeps getting stronger and stronger actually in basketball. Um, I think they have 
they've had like seven different teams ranked in the top 25 this year, which is the most in a, in a long time. So uh, while LSU falls further behind, the conference steps up, which is kind of sad. Uh, at least the women played better this week. But yeah, the men's basketball, it, it doesn't look to be getting any easier since we have two road games at Florida and then at number 11, South Carolina. So if we can put like two more SEC wins on the board the rest of the season, then that's about as much as you can ask for because not too much going on right now, unfortunately. Yeah, and we're not dancing. That's that's pretty obvious. Uh, yeah. Florida on the road, that's going to be difficult because they're not, you know, they're decent. And uh, you mentioned South Carolina. They're they're actually one of the surprises. They they beat the heck out of Kentucky, and now they're ranked. They shot up the rankings. They're they're doing really well. They look pretty good. Uh, LSU once maybe thought, ah, you know, maybe if they play decent, they could be a team that could spoil. I never thought they would make the Final Four, but I thought that well, maybe they could at least make the tournament. That's not going to happen. I don't even like we don't even have a chance to have a surprise showing in the SEC tournament. I'd be happy if we got one win because pretty much after that, we're going to be playing one of these teams that kicked our butts uh, yeah. previously this season. So I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait another year for the Mac McMahon era to truly hit its stride. Now, Kim Mulkey on the other hand, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, they're still good. They, they've obviously not the same team as last year. I mean, and they were, down double digits to uh uh to who were they playing was it uh oh alabama alabama uh, they also, were down yeah. to alabama yeah they were down to alabama until like the last either the third or fourth quarter and then that's when they put it on they actually came back and won by like 1985 to 66 so congrats to them for turning it around but uh yeah they're definitely not as i don't know if dominance the word but they're they were definitely more formidable last year. So I don't know. I, I know they'll make the tournament. They'll probably go far. Maybe they could make the final four, but anything seems possible this year. Cause I mean, Nebraska upset Iowa. They shut down Caitlin Clark denied her of her record in points. I mean, she'll get it eventually, but still, uh, yeah. Who'd have thought we're talking about women's basketball extensively. Yeah. Um, I, well, back to back to on the men's side, gosh, we're just bad. Women's side, we're pretty good. Um, yeah. I, you know, it's 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 fun to watch. It's fun to watch them succeed. It's fun to watch. Um, you know, Mulkey lead lead the team. Um, and then when you watch them back to back with the men, you're just like, gosh, we're terrible. <laughs> makes yeah. me makes me want makes like me want to just get Scott Woodward to swallow his pride and try to hire Will Wade back because mm. I think I said it last week but like the Nick Nisa uh, the Bayou Bandits are, are seem like a good little good little program they got going on. They uh-huh. gave Will Wade an extension last year already. He's like signed on for a couple more years, and um, I don't know if he ends up honoring that if a if a Power Five team comes calling. But at least he's seems pretty happy with what he's got going on, and they've, they've had a lot of success. I think he's happy, but I mean, you got to think that you know, a power five team's going to, somebody's going to want him, right? Mm-hmm. So um, let me ask you this though, because, uh, you know, obviously there's expectations there. Uh, Kim Mulkey's already achieved them or surpassed, depending how you want to look at it, since she won in year two. Um, now, LSU men's, I'd say, 
on the program as a whole, the men's have probably had more superstars, you know, Shaq, dare I say Ben Simmons, because he was pretty much a dud in the pros, although he was yeah. highly touted. Uh, but they were both first overall picks. You know, there is Simone Augustus uh, for the women's. And I think LSU women's programs probably had more sustain, sustained success. But I don't know. Do you think McMahon kind of gets by for a little bit longer because there isn't as much expectation there? But I, I mean, I generally think that Woodward wants everyone to, like all the programs, we, we would want to be successful. So this, you could say in some respects, this was an improvement over last year. Mm -hmm. I, I think he does have at least one to two more years unless the program just really took a downward spiral next year. But do you think he's, you know, as long as he shows us an improvement, you know, like we're, we're probably in the Matt McMahon era, like you said, you know, maybe he could hire back Will Wade, but I mean, at what, I don't know what that, what cost that would be. I don't know if that would even be an issue, but like, is that, is that a, you think that is important for Scott Woodward right now? I, I don't know. I think that for me, it just doesn't feel like we're, we feel like, LSU basketball recruits as well with Matt McMahon as we, as we did with Will Wade. <laughs> now yeah. I wonder why that was, <laughs> but now with NIL, you can kind of, <laughs> you can kind of do, you can kind of do everything he was doing anyway. So, um, I don't know. Like I, to me, it just doesn't, there's something there. There was something about that Will Wade era. There's something about the attitude, the swagger, it made ba made LSU basketball fun to watch. Even when we weren't, I mean, we weren't. It's not like we were winning the national championship or even really competing for it. But we were just like it was a funner. It was a more fun, more energetic, more edgy team. And the bad boys, of the SEC. It was fun to watch. Um, I liked that. I thought it was. I thought it thought it sold tickets. I thought it brought eyeballs to the program, and it gave you a reason to watch. I I don't really feel like the Matt McMahon. LSU basketball team has given you a, re a reason to watch other than just it's LSU basketball. Um, it doesn't feel like we're getting like, I mean, like Javante smart or uh Trenton Watford or a Nas Reed, which all of those players were not the best players in college basketball by any means. But like, I don't feel like we have, you know, just a like fun players to watch like that anymore. Yeah. At um, least we got baseball coming up. We do. I would. I will say this though. Will Wade also. He had. A, he had a persona. I mean, yes. he was. He had like this. He. I don't know who did it. Someone created him as like the general. I mean, they had him dressed up like Napoleon, and he he took that on. Like he. Like he posed in an outfit once. Well, now he, now he's now his persona is. You know, he's like a he's like a black hat cowboy. Mm -hmm. Oh really, McNeese? Oh, because yeah, the McNeese Cowboys. Because they're the Cowboys, and then he's like playing into like the bad guy. Oh, like, like he's Black Bart. Yeah, the evil, the evil gunslinger. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, which that, is hilarious. That's awesome. I, I know. Good for him. Uh, it's gonna get him. He's gonna. If LSU doesn't take him, someone else will at the next level. I feel it's like, like I, Kiffin, right? Like he was demoted, but he worked his way back up. I feel like I feel like there's no like I, I know I said like oh Scott Woodward needs to swallow his pride. I feel like there's no way that they, that that ever happens, but I feel like he will, he will be playing. Eventually he will be playing Probably he will be coaching against LSU at some point at the, at, at the you know, power five level. Right. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't think uh, Scott Woodward is just going to fire 
like man after this year like i said next year if it's a downward spiral maybe if he had something sure lined up because it always seems like well the last few i'd say scott woodward like i think he knew who he wanted he probably already yeah. talked to them before anyone else even knew what was going on so yeah. i feel like if that situation was in play yeah definitely he'd say hey matt thanks for thanks for you know manning the ship while we made it through these waters of what was going to happen to us. But, uh, best of luck to you. <laughs> you yeah. know, but anywho, uh, and as Daniel said, we do have baseball to look forward to, to take our minds off of however this basketball season is going to turn out. I mean, it'd be great if we finished with two wins, I'd say at least one win so that we can finish above 500. Now, LSU does start baseball. We will have baseball in the box this weekend. We are actually the number two team in the country taking on the Virginia Military Institute. Uh, and that's, that should be a good one. They start out Friday at uh, 2 p.m. local time. If you can go, I imagine it's going to be a good weekend at the box as long as the weather's good. So uh, I don't know. I would... I'd probably expect a, at least a sellout for that first game because they're probably going to do some sort of presentation, right? Oh yeah, hanging up a flag or banner or whatever. Uh, but yeah, but the, I mean, essentially, that's baseball back at the box. That's that's a show in and of itself. So I'm going to be watching whatever I can. And of course, yeah. you know, oh, they actually. Oh, I'm sorry. They have VMI. Then they play Central Arkansas Saturday. Then they have VMI Sunday. Central Arkansas on Monday. So it's a two-team extravaganza all weekend. Uh, then the same next weekend with Northern Illinois, Stony Brook. Uh, then after that, you know, then it's like some of these, looks like there's a like a tournament, like the Astros Foundation Classic, which we were played in last year. We beat Texas 3DO. We're going to play them again. Also nice. the Cajuns and the Bobcats of Texas State. Uh, then after that, then we uh, hit up the traditional – uh, weekend sets. Uh, then, of course, SU, SEC play begins pretty much around the time March Madness is going on, on uh, Friday 15th, March 15th, uh, against Mississippi State. Uh, we play at Mississippi State. So uh, that's when the true season begins. But a lot of good games scheduled, man. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for this weekend. We'll get our first taste of what the retooled lineup will look like after this past national championship. There's going to be a lot of new names. Um, considering we didn't turn over a whole lot of talent from last year with Dylan Cruz and Trey Morgan and Jordan Thompson and Paul Skeens and Ty Floyd and a, lo a lot of the key pieces going on to the MLB, but that gives opportunities to these new guys to stand up and, and make a name for themselves. So might have to have your, your roster printed out and taking some notes uh, on who these people are, but excited about that. And people are, are hyping up the pitching staff, especially uh, Thatcher Hurd, who really came on late in the season, especially in the, in the uh, regionals and super regionals and world series, probably be our number one starter. And then uh, Luke Holman, who was actually teammates with Thatcher Hurd at UCLA, who transferred to LSU this past year. Um, is probably the number two guy. And so I don't know if he's going to be Thatcher Hurd 2.0. Uh, and then Gage Jump, who's a sophomore. Hopefully he'll make the the jump up to... Oh, did I, did I get him backwards? Yeah, Holman came from Alabama. Oh, you're right, you're right. The too many transfers, I get him confused. I know, it's oh, a lot. 
Yeah, but Jump uh, came from UCLA. Sorry, scratch that on the on the recording. <laughs> but um, I guess the the transfer pitcher worked for us last year with Paul Skeens, and hopefully it pays dividends uh, again. And you still got a few uh, key pieces from last year, like uh, Tommy White, Tommy Tanks, um, Hayden Travinsky, Alex Malazzo behind the plate, and then uh, some other relievers as well, Gavin Guidry, uh, Ackenhausen guys who, who made a big impact. So hope the Tigers can hang some runs on them this weekend against the lesser opposition and get the, get the team in shape before sec play, which is always a grind. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested the, the player I'm looking out for, I think most, and I think I talked about it a little bit, maybe two weeks ago, but um, I want to see what's new for what's new and what's from Gavin Guidry as, you know, year two true sophomore played, a lot of meaningful time, especially in the college world series as a reliever. Um, but I mean, he was recruited as a, as a top shortstop. Um, he's on, I like, I keep seeing his, like him around Baton Rouge, as far as like on tiger rag magazine or two, two five, like they're like, you know, pumping him up as like the, and maybe that's because he's from Louisiana. Maybe he's like, you know, kind of the hometown kid or something, even though he's not from Baton Rouge, he's from Lake Charles, but, um, you know, I, I think they're expecting big things from him. I want to, I, I don't know if we've ever actually seen him hit really maybe, maybe like early in the season last year, he got some reps in the field and, and, and you know, in the, in the batting lineup, but uh, you know, most of what we've seen from is as a reliever. So I'm excited to see him. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll end up being our shortstop with, uh, with Jordan Thompson being out. Yep. I will say one thing I'm looking forward to. It's something that LSU, uh, it was pretty apparent last year and obviously the fans wanted a fix too. And that's, you know, we didn't feel like we had enough left-handed pitchers uh, last few years. What do we have now? I think we added like eight. So uh, I'm looking to see which one of these Southpaws actually has like some good punch and just seeing who the, you know, cause we you know brought in a top recruiting class. So I want to see who the next, you know, uh, Dylan Cruz as it would be, or Alex Bregman, somebody like that. Uh, I don't know that we're going to have our, I don't know if it's going to be a, a Paul Skeens, you know, I mean, someone could definitely have his mentality, his chutzpah. I mean, I don't, we're not going to find exactly him because the guy, he just had a cannon for an arm along with his confidence. Uh, and that's, that's what made him Paul Skeens. But I think if we could just find someone that's, confident and knows what they can do and it executes it well we'll be fine because you know we 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 won that last uh, college world series game we thought we were going to have to bring in schemes to like win it down but we we didn't we beat yeah. the heck out of florida we didn't even bring him in so yeah. there you go uh but yeah i'm just looking for the tradition at the box and lsu baseball to continue i do think uh i don't know just some of the stuff i've seen i i feel like travinsky was what he's got, what he had from last year and how, how good he was. I don't know. I mean, he could, uh, he could, he could hit a lot of moonshots this year, a lot of home runs, but you know, there's always Milazzo there. So I'm wondering how they're going to do that. If it's, you know, they're just going to have one catcher for certain pitchers or what, or if it's just best man plays, I guess that's for Jay Johnson to decide though. Yep. Well, we'll just have to, we'll, we'll monitor and report back. Right. <laughs> as we always do. We'll uh, we'll let Jay know what he has to do also. But other than that, I think that's we kind of touched on everything. Unless you guys had something else you wanted to bring up, I think that's it. Super Bowl week. Hopefully, the Tigers have a super week on the court and the diamond. 
Amen. And of course, we will have it for you folks next week right here on Talking Tigs. So definitely follow back up with us uh, just to stay abreast of all the news coming out of Baton Rouge and beyond. Uh, so until then, stay safe, stay tuned, and we will definitely talk to you next time right here on Talking Tigs. Talking Tigs.